worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. John Bozica, 1480 WHBC. Welcome back into the program here. Going to talk about COVID here after we've had so many of these discussions about COVID-19 and different things involving it and whether or not we're headed for another surge at some point, just kind of where we're at with it at this point and uh, what we need to know. And to talk about that some more, we're going to go to the phone line and bring in Canton City Health Commissioner Jim Adams to the discussion. Jim, how are you this morning, sir? Good morning, John. We're fine. We're out in the neighborhood, canvassing the neighborhood, encouraging people to get vaccinated. Uh, we have some vaccination opportunities next week in, in uh, conjunction with SARTA. And so we want the neighborhood to know that that's available and hope that they can come out and visit us. How's that going so far? It's going great. Uh, we've had an opportunity to talk to some people on their front porch. Uh, we're putting door hangers on the door with information. So I think it's, it's good to be out in the community where people live and work. Jim, I, I know that this is something that you have talked about ad nauseum with me. You've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum in general when it comes to people getting the vaccine. Um, when it comes to encouraging it, now that we're at this point where it seems like everyone who's going to get it has gotten it and we're just trying to encourage those maybes, what can be done to encourage them? What can be done to encourage them and not make them feel like you're putting pressure on them at the same time? Sure. Um, so as you know, COVID is, is now turned into a vaccine-preventable disease, and we do have three vaccines that are safe, and they're highly effective at preventing illness and especially serious illness. So I think, you know, we can't talk about it enough. And vaccination is important. Uh, vaccination will protect you and vaccination will protect your neighbors. And we just need to keep putting that message out there. And for people that are still unsure about whether they're going to get vaccinated or not, I think it's important to meet them where they're at and uh, respect their opinions and decisions and provide them with the information they need to help make a decision. Is it frustrating to you, Jim? seeing the numbers of people that aren't vaccinated and and i know that frustrating might be a strong word but is it frustrating to you oh sure it's definitely frustrating it's frustrating to me and our staff and i think it's frustrating to some people in the community that know that vaccines uh can and do work um but like i said you you know i think we need to respect people where they're at and uh find out what their hesitancy is and just patiently address their questions when it comes to addressing those things if it's rooted in misinformation if it's rooted in something that's almost too hard to um undo in terms of what they believe how how do you go about that like because i feel like if you were to say it it's different than if i were to say it how could i say it in a right way like if i have a family member or a friend who's on the fence who's at that point that's like well i read this i read that i don't believe this i don't believe that how should I handle that back and forth, Jim? Because I'm really curious about this. Sure. Well, I think the first thing you do is kind of find out where they're getting their information from. And if it's not really a trusted source, if it's just from um, the Internet or just from social media and can't be traced back to a credible source, you know, that's, a, that's one thing to point out. It's, it's very easy to spread false information now. And for some strange reason, our minds are hardwired to really 
to believe the unbelievable. And so, you know, I think the first thing you do is just make sure that people have access to very accurate information. The other thing I try to do is I try to make an analogy with, with a similar situation. So, for example, uh, most of us are willing to take antibiotics if we have a serious infection. We don't really question that too much. Uh, but we have here a vaccine developed in a safe and effective way, and yet we have this hesitancy for vaccines. So, you know, I frequently ask people, well, would you take an antibiotic if the doctor prescribed an antibiotic? Why wouldn't you do the same for a vaccine? And that just starts a conversation. Jim, as Jim Adams is my guest this morning, Canton City Health Commissioner. Jim, do you think that the anti-vaxxer movement got even stronger through COVID, or do you think that it's always been this strong and we've just never had a reason to really approach it like this, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's always been fairly strong. I do think it has picked up uh, steam through COVID. It's given it another uh, access to go out and spread that misinformation. So, yeah, I think it's definitely gotten more prevalent um, through COVID. If someone would like to get a vaccine and they still would like to do that, where can they go? What can they do? Oh, my gosh. Uh, vaccines are readily available in just about every street corner. Uh, the, our health department, we have a vaccine clinic every Thursday afternoon from 1.30 to 3.30. Uh, you can walk in or make an appointment. Uh, most of the pharmacies have vaccine readily available on a walk-in basis. Uh, as uh, we put a press release out, and we are uh, partnering with SARTA next week on the 13th, 14th, and 15th to visit uh, three Canton neighborhoods, eight stops, uh, so we're offering some incentives for that, uh, vision screening for children, uh, gift cards if you're a, a member of a managed care, uh, Medicare, uh, Medicaid plan. Uh, we have Anthony Munoz, one of the Hall of Fame recipients from 1998, is going to be riding the bus with us on Tuesday and Wednesday. And so, you know, we're just trying to make it kind of fun and, and hope that people will come out out of curiosity and decide to get vaccinated. Okay, so switching from one V to the other, which is vaccines now to variants, um, mm-hmm. what's your concern level with variants? What's your concern level with the Delta variant in particular, the one that seems to have caught the eye of most epidemiologists everywhere? Sure. So Delta variant is uh, much more transmissible, easy to be transmitted than the, uh, I guess, run-of-the-mill COVID. So that brings up a concern. Uh, we do know that the uh, Vaccines are effective against the Delta variant, uh, not quite as effective as the uh, original COVID virus, but it still is effective against the COVID variant. So I think our strategy is still the same. We want to see as many people vaccinated as we can, and that'll help us protect also against the Delta variant. Jim, what we're seeing currently in Japan, Tokyo with the Olympics there is Jim Adams is again my guest, Canton City Health Commissioner. What we're seeing in Tokyo right now with where They've outlawed the idea of fans being there. They've taken away the idea Mm -hmm. of any type of crowd. Do you think in the future the United States could be headed towards another thing like that, or do you think we are past those days? Well, that is hard to predict, and um, I think our vaccination uh, coverage will determine whether or not we need to do some additional uh, mitigation efforts to help control the spread of the virus. Um, So I would say it's not out of the realm of possibility, but as um, someone that might have to advise on that kind of decision, I would not relish having to approach that. So I think we can all help by doing our part now and getting vaccinated. Yeah, Jim, I I feel like you just opened up something there that I've been wanting to ask you the whole time that we've talked about this, which 
I, I feel like people view someone like you and they're like, well, he wants to do this. He wants to shut things down. You've never wanted to do that, have you? I mean, that, that's, you know. Nothing could be farther from the truth. That is correct. Yeah, and, and, and I feel like everyone paints, you know, paints people in the healthcare field during this as being like the, the boogeyman of the situation. That's mm-hmm. that's so far from the truth. I, I guess I wonder, how have you handled that? How has that made you feel throughout this process? Well, um, it, it's very trying to have to make decisions and uh, deny somebody the opportunity to get together with family and friends. And so it's been a very, it's been very trying. Um, you know, we have a, a moral and ethical obligation to try to do things to help prevent the spread of illnesses, especially serious illnesses that can cause long-term disability like COVID, can cause death like COVID. So we have to use all the tools in our tool belt that we have at our disposal uh, to help control the spread of that virus and prevent the mayhem that it can cause. Uh, I would point out that, you know, a lot of people might point out it's the health, you know, the health department is the boogeyman on this. I, I will suggest that the, the real decisions about these, you know, supposed lockdowns and things like that is more properly within the, the realm of elected officials. So, you know, the governor has taken a lot of responsibility for the decisions that are made, and that's a, a proper place for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back at the last year, and and going back to when we were at this point last year in, in July at this point, how much has our world changed from a, a standpoint of learning about this? How much more do we know now? And how much better are we equipped to maybe take on another potential spread? Like, do we know the ways to combat that now, Jim? Uh, specifically COVID? Yes, absolutely. We've learned a lot about COVID. We've learned how to provide some effective treatments for COVID. Uh, we learned how to manage people that are on ventilators for a long period of time. So we've learned how to manage the course of the disease. But more importantly, we've also learned techniques to help prevent the spread of the disease in the first place. And so, for example, we do know that face coverings do work to help to prevent the spread of the virus in the community. And we also know that vaccination works. So, you know, we have learned a lot and we do have additional tools that we can bring to bear to the problem. Last question for Jim Adams this morning, Canton City Health Commissioner. Jim, the one thing that's been curious to me about this virus has been the COVID long haulers, the people that had it last year and they're still seeing symptoms from it now all these months later. Why has that been the case with this virus? What's caused that to happen and why has that been unique to this in a sense? Um, You know, I'm not sure that it's completely unique to COVID. It is something that we are learning about, you know, as we get more experience about about COVID and find out, you know, what has happened to people that had COVID early in the year and for those ones that we call long haulers, you know, what does that really mean for them? So that's really an emerging syndrome that still is being um, characterized as, as time goes on. Jim Adams, Canton City Health Commissioner. Jim, I always appreciate the time and uh, keep up the good work out there as you guys are out there around the neighborhood and uh, hope you guys encourage more people to get vaccinated. I appreciate our time together, too. Thanks for the opportunity. Yep. Have a good day.